a couple things that are worth knowing before we start this episode. Number one, hi, my name is Robert. Wherever you're listening to this program, I'm wishing you health and I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, two huge life changes in my life that are worth knowing. I make TikToks all day long and that informs a lot of how I talk into a microphone because I don't overthink it. I overthink this podcast to the nth degree and I look at my iPhone 7 and I make a TikTok in four minutes. Um, and I hate that my output on this podcast is low and my podcast in the world of Twitter dances or TikTok dance, whatever they call them, is really high. So, whatever. Two, I'm reading a lot. And when you read a lot, you get notions and ideas. Um, which I'm not going to apologize for. I think reading's cool. But what's more insufferable, a person on TikTok or a person that's reading? We'll find out on this episode of New Problems, the spiritual gift of encouragement. I think this is an interesting time for me to be me. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about as the territory of your life is cleared and tilled and seeded and soiled. These are agricultural metaphors that I hope are a part of your religious or cultural tradition. There are many a cultural, agricultural metaphor in mine. But to put it just more practically, when you do the work, you want the payoff. When you do the work, and you say, hey, I want to make this space for more good... You expect the good. Rightly or wrongly, I make these steps toward what this podcast calls new problems with the idea that these problems are in fact better problems. They're actually the problems that I would trade my past for. These are new problems that I would trade my traumas for. These are new problems that I would trade my insecurities for. New problems is saying I have done all of this work and I therefore have accrued enough karma that I would even propose I feel I deserve it. And this deserving of new problems as a reaction to any efforts I've taken for right or for wrong are what I would call myself out for. 
I just went to the refrigerator and got a mug full of apple cider and I did not mix any bourbon whiskey inside. This is simply a mug of apple cider. Yesterday, I had a pint of Haagen-Dazs cookies and cream ice cream with no bourbon added to the milkshake. It was simply Haagen-Dazs cookies and cream ice cream. On Monday... I had two polar seltzers. One was one was pomegranate and the other lime after a solid 30 seconds of determining if I preferred lime polar seltzer or lemon polar seltzer. Three days of ice cream, cider, and seltzer are not, shall we say, the sacrifice to everything I've ever given in the world. But I do have to be honest and think, Robert, what exactly is this all for? These tiny steps in these tiny changes and what is the manifest future you believe you are now entitled to and this sense of entitlement is such a trap because it is a part of a trap that we all want so badly to get stuck in And the trap we so badly want to get stuck in as a religion, as a country, as an era in time, 2021, we aspire for the trap that is just so eloquently coined, the myth of providential progress. The myth of providential progress as coined by Ta-Nehisi Coates, is very simple. It is the idea that right or for wrong, things ultimately or providentially or cosmically or divinely get better. And when we talk about, quote-unquote, the work, that we do in ourselves, in our communities, in our country, we are forcing ourselves into a paradigm which says things are not perfect, but with time they will accrue and they will get better. The myth of providential progress says there is something above that sees that I have made a step that deserves to be rewarded. 
And the myth of providential progress proposes that I and we will be rewarded toward more good, toward more justice, toward more pleasure, toward more happiness, just because I have determined, I have taken the steps to believe they all will be so. This is a difficult thing to stop believing. It is a difficult thing to stop believing because the truth is, there is only so much I can do. And so if the things I can control do not merit me having more or having better or at the very least having different then my goodness, what chance do I have when I remember who I am and I remember what I'm capable of and I remember what I crave and I remember what I prioritize and what I choose to ignore. The fear that the myth of providential progress is not true is that literally all I can do in this moment to signal to the universe that I can be trusted with something good is not get a drink tonight. And if that's not enough, I am simply left with a cup of apple cider and everything else that should disqualify me from anything more or better or at the very least different. And so I want to create this podcast in my writing with the idea that, of course, comfort and certainty are myths of their own. And that conviction without any authority plus risk is annoying. Any convictions about what you believe you or your community are entitled to without being coupled with risk and a sense of authority will lead you to believe in the myth of providential progress without acknowledging it is not your conviction and it is not even your effort that determines what more or different or better you are entitled to. The prayer I have for myself is, I do not want to rub more sticks together and make a fire. The question to myself is, Robert, do not tolerate the cold. When I do not put alcohol into this glass, I am not saying, God, I now deserve a better apartment. What I am saying 
is that there is a structure in place in my mind, in my thinking, in my behavior that I cannot tolerate. I cannot tolerate the assumptions of how I should be living or spending my time or what feels like pleasure to me. There is an assumption that these are the parameters that my life is contained in. And this, of course, is what I am subject to. I do not have to believe that. I can make space, not because I am promoting the myth of providential affirmation and providential progress. It's that I am aware enough to understand that whatever I am limited to in my thinking and behavior is not something I can simply settle for. And I think the scary part, when we think of the amount of convictions people have is that they are coupled with a sense of authority that is completely disremoved from reality. The sense of authority people get about their citizenship is terrifying. The sense of authority people get from their ethnicity is terrifying. The sense of authority people get about their money is terrifying. Conviction coupled with misplaced authority is annoying at best. And at worst, it's very violent. And the notion that my sense of authority and conviction therefore will summon providential progress on my behalf has three incredibly relevant ramifications. One, you cannot access yourself with any clarity and honesty. Your sense of misplaced authority on top of your convictions means you cannot look at a mirror and get a straight face in the reflection. You're lost. If I understand my convictions from a place of misplaced authority, I refuse to look at other people with any sense of gratitude, dignity, or empathy. I simply see a set of ideals and notions that need to be copy and pasted on top of another person. Because my formulation of what providential progress will look like will be too strong for me to understand there are other things on the table for you that have nothing to do with my sense of how things should be or what you or I deserve. The myth of providential progress supposes that just by our collective existence we will all check just enough of the right boxes that the scales will tip in our favor we simply cannot settle for the idea 
that God is waiting around to give us a thumbs up and to keep giving us a thumbs up because our existence merits it. There is no deserving. There is no accruing. There is no amount of authority and intrinsic dignity. There is no exceptionalism in our existence that merits good things are going to happen just the longer we stick around. And so as I think about this podcast, I want to live honestly assessing myself and honestly assessing what's around me without the idea that things will end better or more or at the very least different. I want to create this podcast by saying this space has been cleared and will continue to be cleared. These senses of authority that needed to be removed will be removed. These senses of entitlement and exceptionalism have been addressed and repented of. Not because something new or better or more or at the very least different can be in that space. We do this because we recognize all that matters is simply receiving an authority that comes when reality is our common ground. And the blessing of life and being alive is that we get to share reality with minds we can never know or understand in a world that is too rich to ever be documented on a page. We get to make reality a common ground and that is the gift. By simply naming, it has become possible. By simply imagining, we have conceded that there is a chance. And that chance is worth being a witness of and bearing witness about. We bear witness not because we are predicting. We bear witness because the world upon which we stand on is not asking for our sense of authority. The ground we stand on is asking us to see it and to be seen by it like it is.